We're continuing this morning in our sermon series on the Ten Commandments, and we're up to commandment number five. We're going to, first of all, read two scripture verses, scripture passages, and then uh, we're going to read the lesson in the Heidelberg Bible Study series that we're following, uh, which is Lesson Lord's Day number 39, and uh, just to read it ahead of time before we read the passages, this is the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you, all right? Let us go to God in prayer. Let's ask his blessing on our time now. Lord, it's already been good to be in your house, gathered with your people, lifting up our praises to you, giving back to you of all the riches you have given us. And Lord, now we have an opportunity to go to your your word, your gracious, loving, clear, powerful word. Lord, be with us as we read and hear your voice this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and those verses will look familiar because it's the Great Commission. We're going to read those first of all. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." And then the text in Ephesians 6, it's the first four verses. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. And fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And then the summary of that those aren't the only verses in Scripture that touch on the fifth commandment and what we're doing today. This answer looks at all of Scripture and pulls it together. And I'll read the question if you, as usual, could read the answer. What is God's will for you in the fifth commandment? people of God gathered here at Faith CRC this morning, this commandment is especially about authority, which is a little bit one of those words that not a lot of us like to hear, authority. It's about authority in the home. It's about authority in all of life and how that works. The way authority is supposed to work is with Jesus. Without Jesus, authority does become a dirty word. It becomes a mess. Without Jesus, 
You get dictatorships in the home, in the church, in government. Without Christ, parents and grandparents aren't treated with respect. We make fun of our leaders. But with Jesus, authority is the tremendous blessing that it's supposed to be in God's design for this world and society. Authority exists to structure and order society so that people might flourish to live as God calls us to live. And the key to all of that is recognizing that there is a chief authority. There's an authority above everything else, and it's Jesus Christ. Those who are in authority positions and those who are under other people's authority need to realize this. Christ died, he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he's seated at the right hand of God, and he's coming again in glory. There are all kinds of Bible texts that tell us that this Jesus, who did all that, our Jesus, who accomplished all that for us, he is the one who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth by the Heavenly Father. One of the Bible texts that tell us that Jesus is the chief authority is the Great Commission. We often, first of all, think of the Great Commission as an outreach and evangelism text, and it is that. We think of it as a missional text, and it is that. But the Great Commission also tells us something of how we are called to live day by day because it tells us what? That Jesus wants disciples. And that tells us a lot about how we're supposed to live day by day. Disciple means follower. So we are followers of Jesus who has received all authority in heaven and on earth. And the principles of the fifth commandment show us how authority works in the world. With Jesus as our starting point, there are three big ideas that flow out of the fifth commandment for followers of Jesus living in this world. First of all, because Christ has all authority, we honor our parents. This is the very straightforward reading of the command. Honor your father and mother. And of all the commandments, when I was a, a little guy sitting in the pew, whenever I heard it, I thought the preacher was talking directly to me, and it always made me very uncomfortable because that one hit close to home as a little child. And, and maybe it does to you too, boys and girls, when, when you hear that one. That it says father and mother isn't a big deal to us, but it actually is a big deal, and it's pretty amazing for such patriarchal times and such a patriarchal culture all around the world at that time where the men were in charge, and we talk about the men leading. But the Bible already back in Exodus, includes mothers. And that's an example 
a num- one of many examples in the Bible of how God's word speaks in the face of certain cultural assumptions and traditions in the world, fathers and mothers. The word honor is a Hebrew word, like everything in the Old Testament originally. It's connected to the word heavy. So we're to consider our parents, our fathers and our mothers, as persons who carry weight in our lives. Not literally, of course, but weight because they are people in authority. And honor means to prize highly. So all of that means value them in your life. God did not take this commandment lightly. In the Old Testament, disrespect for parents was a major sin, and the punishment was harsh. If a man had a stubborn and rebellious son who didn't obey his parents, even though they were disciplining him, the parents, get this, were to bring him to the elders where the son, first of all, would be publicly denounced, and then the parents would bring him before the men of the city where he'd be stoned to death. John Calvin explains the harshness of of that punishment like this. He says, Those who abusively and stubbornly violate parental authority are monsters, not men. And that's why the Lord required such a harsh punishment. He says, people who don't recognize the people who brought them into the light of day are not worthy themselves of being in the light of day. Tough stuff. Thankfully, we're not living in Old Testament times nor a time of grace. But it does give you an inkling of the seriousness of this commandment. I talked about boys and girls and myself when I was little, but this commandment is also not just for kids. It's for adult children and older parents too. And there we have to ask, are we honorable in our attitudes, in our actions towards our parents, even when we've gotten out of the home? Do we take care of our aging parents without grumbling and complaining about it? Do you, maybe you could ask this, do you as an adult treat your older parents the way you want your younger children to be treating you? Do you talk about your older parents the way you want your younger children to be talking about you? That might be a way to get at as older adults, as adults, how we're doing with this commandment. For all, all children of all ages, Honoring parents, it's not an option for just people who happen to like mom and dad. Now, I know know a lot of you. I know pretty much all of you. I I know a lot of you like your mom and dad. But sometimes, you know, and I know that's that's the case even among believers, sometimes there's tensions between parents and children. Sometimes it's not all all glowing and, and rosy. But this commandment isn't just for all of you who have the perfect relationship with your parents. And honoring our parents isn't just for those who have perfect moms and dads. If Jesus, growing up, was subject 
to his mom and dad when they were imperfect sinners and he was perfect, not a sinner at all. Think about that sometimes, how that must have gone in his home growing up. Perfect, sinless Jesus. You know, we get impatient with our parents. Think about him. But if he showed respect and honor, then we can certainly have the patience to honor our imperfect parents, whether we're little children, whether we're adults. It's really important to realize this main idea today that parents' authority comes from Christ. And that means moms and dads don't get to do whatever they want over their children. Parents don't have independent authority. Even society realizes this. We talk of child abuse and their child abuse cases. I think there was one just in the last couple weeks where a mom was given 99 years for what was going on with her toddler and and I can't even repeat what was going on. So, but society has a sense, you know, society sometimes steps in with child abuse, and that's because there's some sort of a sense of what we know from our text, that authority is not in the person, but authority for parents is higher up. It's actually in Jesus. And that's why you always read children Obey your parents, not just willy-nilly, not just whatever, in the Lord. That's what our Ephesian text says. Obey your parents in the Lord. And that's why also if there's a conflict in obedience, you choose the higher authority, Jesus. Parents, and sadly this happens in our world, Parents may not make their children do things that are against Jesus because their authority is not ultimate. It's not in themselves. It only comes from Christ. Children are called to obey the higher authority if there's a conflict between what Jesus says and what their parents insist on. Secondly, this morning, because Christ has all authority. We honor not only our parents, but we honor all those in authority over us. Christians everywhere have always understood this to include, this commandment, honor and respect for all those in authority. We saw that really clearly in that answer that we read from the catechism. That means students are called to honor teachers and principals. Workers are called to honor their boss. Church members honor leaders in the church. We also honor those in authority over us in government. No matter who wins the election, no matter what political power party is in power, 1 Peter 2 says we honor the king. And a biblical example of that is the way David treated Saul. David was even already anointed to be the next king, but it wasn't his time yet. Saul now was an evil, evil dude. He was a bad man. But David still honored the king because God still had him in authority. And when we talk about that in government and politics and presidents, 
Of course, there's nothing wrong with us having disagreements with our elected leaders. We're a democracy after all. But we must always honor those over us with our prayers, with our respect, with the way in which we talk about our leaders in front of other people, especially in front of our children. I wonder how often we really feel convicted in our hearts of this commandment. I wonder how we're really doing. Are we patient with our pastors, with our senators, with our managers? Do we give glad respect to our teachers, to our elders, to our deacons? This is so important to get. It's what we call in life the idea of office. It's the idea of office. God has structured different areas of society from the home, the foundation of all of society, to school, to church, to work, to government. God has set that all up that, that, so that there are people in authority in all those spheres. And that's the idea of office. And we use that idea of office when we talk about political office. We even use it in the church. Elders and deacons are office bearers. But also, parents and teachers, you have a God-given office in this sense. I would also add here that husbands in a marriage have an office because I believe the Bible tells us that God gives spiritual authority uh, to the husband in marriage. The person who does not get this or who tries to buck this will not do well in life. We took an offering for CBI, Crossroad Bible Institute. You can say a lot about people in prison. And how they got there. But one thing I can tell you, almost for certain, even though I'm not involved in the ins and outs of it, and I don't know as much as my father who's leading it, or my father-in-law who's had many years in prison ministry with Crossroad, you can say a lot of things about that. But one thing is certain. These men and women never properly got the fifth commandment. And there also could be a million year, million different reasons they didn't get the fifth commandment. It could be, it's very likely they had unrighteous parents. They had unrighteous people in authority. But the fact remains, not honoring people in authority in your life, boys and girls, men and women, young people, not honoring those in authority in your life can lead to absolute ruin in your life. It will mess up your life. Now, the real key here, too, is knowing that all authority is in Christ, whether it be parents or teachers or presidents. Their authority is given to them by the Lord. In a sense, it's delegated to them by Him, the ultimate authority. Christians realize that all authority is in Christ and he has chosen to rule us through men and women in positions and authority in this world. So it's not about liking or not liking your elder or teacher or your boss. 
What, how much you like them has nothing to do with it. Because the authority is not about them. It's not in them. It's in Christ. And for reasons beyond us, sometimes he has cho- chosen certain people to be above us and over us in different areas of society. So whether Obama gets four more years or we have Romney, God's people will honor that man because he is president. And when we honor the president for the sake of his office, we are ultimately respecting God himself who placed him there. And when we show a lack of honor, we are ultimately not honoring God or his son, Jesus Christ. Because Christ is the ultimate authority, it also tells us again, if there is a conflict between obeying someone in authority, whether it's in government, school, anywhere, or your work, if there's a conflict, you choose the higher authority. You choose Jesus and you obey him. Finally, because Christ has all authority, we honor not only our parents, not only all people in authority, but we actually honor all people for Jesus' sake. And this takes things to a whole different level. And the thought here is from that New Testament text we read in Ephesians 6. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. If the fifth commandment was the one that made me feel most guilty as a little kid, whenever I heard this one, this verse, it gave me great comfort. I would piously nod my head and say, yeah, that's right. And I have to admit that my daughters remind me of this one sometimes too. What this is, it's a New Testament working out of the fifth commandment. It's not only about us obeying people in authority over us. This actually flips the idea around. It's it's actually, even if you look at world history and the history of our nation, it's literally a revolutionary idea. It adds a whole new dimension to the commandment. You see, in Jesus, we have the idea of the priesthood of all believers And another way to think about that is to know that as Christians, we all have office in the sense that we're disciples of Jesus, we're followers. What does that mean? It means we live as prophets, priests, and kings. That's what Jesus did perfectly, and we follow him. You could almost say that the seeds of democracy are in this idea. The seeds of democracy, that ingenious part and crucial element of what our nation is all about and what we want to spread and share with other lands and societies. It's not just that the underlings must respect their overlords in life, but it's got to go both ways. And the fact is, throughout most of world history, It has not gone both ways. Those in authority were in charge, and that was that. Authority, whether among parents or kings, through a lot of world history, was absolute. It was stern. It was not kept in check. 
people in authority, whether it was in the home, in the church, in government, could do whatever they wanted to. But that's not right. It's different in Jesus. In Jesus, there is mutual love and respect for everybody, even love and respect for those, quote-unquote, under you in society. Ephesians 5 says, everyone submit to one another in the Lord. So there's this great calling to those in leadership, whether you are a parent in the home, whether you're in leadership at a church, whether you're a leader in school, in government, in your place of work, in everything you can think of. If you have authority, it doesn't make you a dictator. And sometimes you see that. You lead in love. Servant leadership is the idea. You lead in a way that honors those you are leading and honors those who follow you and respects them. Without this New Testament principle, homes might be like boot camp with drill sergeants leading. But instead, our homes are little churches with parents as priests encouraging spiritual growth in their children who are growing in discipleship and who, according to the Bible, are actually little priests themselves. In Jesus, we honor everyone created in God's image. And everyone is everyone. Paul evens out the table in the New Testament. So there's this tremendous beauty to how God set up life. We see it in this matter of authority that's so central to our day-to-day living. We, we're, whether we're in authority, relationship, or under, it's constant. Christ is our authority. and Because of that, we honor our parents. We honor all those in authority over us. We even honor those under us if we're in authority. Those of us in leadership positions are ruling on behalf of Jesus' name. People in leadership are not to be loose cannons. This is a powerful responsibility. So whether you're in a place of authority somewhere in life or not, we all have a mission and a calling. And the reality is we haven't always gotten this right. Each one of us has dishonored those in authority. Each one of us has dishonored Christ. We've failed to treat those under our responsibility with respect all the time. And some of the biggest hurts and pain that we can experience in life have happened in relationships of authority. But in Christ, there is forgiveness for you and for me, a clean slate, there's healing, and there's the promise that he will empower us and fill us to get it right in the future because the one who has all authority says, Lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. The promise of Christ's presence always with us, that's the ultimate fulfillment of the promise that goes with this command. It will go well 
with you. It will go well with all those who bow the knee to King Jesus. People who acknowledge his authority and who live out of it in every area of their life, people like that are truly blessed. And people like that will be a blessing to others. Friends, may each one of you give your life to King Jesus today. And may you live for him according to the callings of the fifth commandment. Amen.